eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Did you know that a fire department responds to a fire every 24 seconds? That's a fact. That's true. So you want to make sure that you're doing everything you possibly can to take care of your family and your loved ones. Having enough first alert smoke and carbon monoxide alarms is one of the best things that you can do for your home and your family. You want to make sure that you install alarms on every single level and in every bedroom of your home. Now, once those alarms are installed, it's also important to maintain them by testing them with regularity. Remember, alarms do not last forever and they do need to be replaced at least every 10 years. If you can't remember the last time that you replaced your alarm, then it's best to just replace that unit completely. And I've got your best option. Here's my favorite. It's First Alert's combination smoke and carbon monoxide alarm with a 10-year sealed battery. The alarm provides, obviously, two-in-one protection against both smoke and carbon monoxide, and you don't need to worry about changing that battery out for a decade. Lastly, make sure you take time to discuss home safety with your family. Make sure you plan and practice an escape route, and remember to practice it at least twice a year. For more information on fire safety products, safety tips, and educational activities that you can do at home with your family, just go to firstalert.com, Fire Prevention Month, firstalert.com slash fire prevention month. You kind of live a lot of your life backwards. So if you don't have a structure, if you don't have things that you're passionate about, a lot of guys struggle with identity. Who am I outside of a football player, outside of a helmet with a name on the back of my jersey? What other things am I passionate about? So there's a lot of different things that come at you from uh, different angles. Darius, that was awesome. What's cracking? Welcome to episode 150 of the Jim Rome Podcast. Very happy that you're here mixing the side hustle into your listening routine. And this week, my guest is a former nine-year NFL vet, Darius Butler. DB played for the Pats, the Panthers, the Colts. And he has some serious firsthand insight on the game that you've never heard before. My man is getting it done. He can rap with the very best of them on X's and O's. He can break it all down in a way that everybody can easily understand. And he's got some great anecdotes to boot. So let's get that hardcore football fix in right now. It's episode 150 with Darius Butler, and it's coming right at you. Darius, it's so good to get caught up with you. Long form on the original Jim Rome side hustle, man. What's up? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. How about yourself? Good, dude. Good, good. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Now, let me ask you, you are still absolutely killing it, breaking down the game on your podcast and on your, your YouTube channel as well. I would imagine nothing will ever compare to playing the game at the highest level, but how much are you enjoying this phase of your football life? Uh, you know what? I'm enjoying it a lot, man. I am. Um, you know, you kind of go through. It's, it's it's a weird transition for players um, because you go through, you know, so much of your life being dedicated to a sport, to um, 
a profession, put so much time and energy in it. And then uh, when, once that's kind of taken away from you, a lot of guys kind of get lost and it's hard to really do something that you're still passionate about. So I'm blessed and fortunate to, um, you know, be able to still be around the game, you know, still be attached to players, talking about game players, coaches, everything. And, um, you know, and actually teaching too, you know, teaching fans. Um, I've been reached out to from players, coaches, uh, front office people, like, hey, you know, working together at some point, and I've been consulting some young guys. So it's been, it's been, it's been dope, man. I've been really, really been enjoying it. Yeah, so you found your spot. But, like, when guys make that transition, yeah. what is the most challenging thing? Like, is it loss of identity? Is it loss of the structure of the workday? Like, what's the toughest thing guys deal with generally when they have to make that transition? Man, you know, honestly, it's a combination of things because um, if you really look at it um, – you kind of live a lot of your life backwards in a sense. Um, you know, in the in the normal world, um, you know, we as players, once you kind of transition, we kind of call yourself civilians. But in the normal world, world, you kind of, you know, you you make some mistakes. You, you make start making some money in your twenties, and then you make some mistakes. You blow it. You do this. You do that. And then your thirties, you know, mid thirties is kind of like the sweet spot. That's when you kind of find your lane. You, you know, you're probably getting into a sea level. Then you really start doing some things the right way, figuring out really how to do this whole adult thing. But for players, you know, 21, 22, you know, you're handed a bunch of money. And then if you're lucky, you know, your late 20s, early 30s, you're done. And you made a, a large portion of money, but now you're in the real world. And as far as being in the real world, it's a, it's a whole new place. So, you know, you've been an athlete. A lot of things have been kind of catered around you. Everything is kind of based around your football schedule. Um, a lot of things your day-to-day life are taken care of for you. So now you kind of transition out. Um, it's just a whole new transition. So not, like you said, not having that structure, um, not knowing, like, you know, as a player, you know, middle of, you know, February, middle of March, all right, I, I got to be at a certain point. Okay, middle of June, we're doing this. I get this break before training camp. Like, you know, your year is pretty much planned out. And then once you get kind of just out here, you're, you're inefficient in, in the open water. So if you don't have a structure, if you don't have things that you're passionate about, um, if you don't have a lot of guys struggle with identity, you know, outside of who am I outside of a football player, outside of a helmet with a name on the back of my jersey, who am I really, what other things am I passionate about? So um, it, it's, a, it's a lot of different things that come at you from uh, different angles. Dude, fuck Darius. That was awesome. That, that was such a good explanation of what it's like for an athlete to come off the field and deal with the rest of their life. That, that was really, yeah, it's, really it's, interesting. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild, man. I mean, because from the outside looking in, you know, and uh, it's like, hey, you know, you got all this money, you, you live your dream, you do all this thing, and that's and it's awesome. But just kind of being thrown out there in your thirties, or let's say in your late, you know, twenties or mid twenties, a lot of guys, you know, the league average is three and a half years, and then you're just out here, um, you know. So if you haven't, you know, really, and a lot of us, you know, we're the, we're kind of first generation money, you know. So a lot of people around us that we trust, that we love can't really advise us on things that you should be doing with your money and then you know we're prideful individuals so it's hard for guys like that to ask for help you're 24 25 year old making millions like everybody looks at you a certain way everybody's telling you how great you are um so you don't really humble yourself and ask for help like hey how do i do this how do i set up you know some corporations how do i do this or that to you know pay you know have some better tax benefits because you're paying those job taxes those are the worst you know, tax rules in the country. So uh, it's just a lot of things, man. But um, outside looking in, no one can really uh, understand it. And, um, you know, definitely not ask for any pity parties, but um, it's definitely some things that should be done, I think, to 
uh, you know, help with that transition the earlier the better. Exactly. Especially if you don't have a plan, if you're not thinking about what the next thing is because you're in it and you're young and you think maybe it's never going to end. I mean, even if the NFL is not for long, you still think, mm-hmm. hey, man, I'm young. I'm fine. I'm bulletproof. I'm good. And then all of a sudden oh, yeah. it's gone. Now, let me ask you, you and I, we could keep talking about that, but I want to keep you moving yep. because I want to ask you about a few more things like your pod. Your pod is doing really well, your man-to-man pod. In fact, is it me? Did I notice you like to enjoy an adult beverage or two or four <laughs> during some of the pods. Am I right? You know, actually, you know, we do some live, um, some live pods on YouTube lives, and those are my favorite ones, honestly, because you get kind of instant feedback and, and uh, questions from the fans and input. And uh, we're just talking. And, and you know how podcasts are. You just kind of get relaxed. Sometimes me and Twan, we shoot, you know, at night. And uh, it was one, we're like, man, you know, we're going to do our next pod. You know, we have a couple of drinks and loosen up even, even more. And, um, you know, so been in this house, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing to kick back and have a, have a glass or two, but uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that part a lot, actually. <laughs> I got no issue with that at all, man. I got no problem with that. So what's your, uh, what's your beverage of choice when you're potting up? Ah, uh, you know what? That was my first one. And I went with, uh, some Hennessy privilege and okay. uh, we had Mike Adams. He had the same thing. And I think Antoine, the day was in his, uh, he was actually in his restaurant. And I think he had like a blue moon or something, but, uh, you know, I switch it up. Right, dude. So finally, like, how do you take? How do you take your henny? How do you drink your henny? Uh, you know what? I, anytime I'm most of the time drinking uh, liquor, I, I'm a neat guy. Yeah. I like my liquor neat. If I do, um, you know, an old fashioned. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do. I do my I do my henny neat. Usually, it's a, it's a good henny is neat. Right, so my wife, Janet, is all about the old-fashioned, all about that life, but she oh, can't yeah. seem to find the right way or the right one. I don't, I don't know that much about it. What advice should I give her? What's, what's the key to a good old-fashioned? Oh, man. I don't know. She you know, loves um, it, man. Having a good, a good whiskey. I, I mean, I always go with the – I typically go with the Woodford because it's, it's, a, it's, a, good, it's yep. a good liquor and it's used at a lot of bars. So uh, I go with the Woodford, but – I mean, it's on that bartender too, man. They got to make sure that right. Um, what is it? The orange, something. But it, it's just got to be right, man. I, I started drinking them uh, probably halfway through my career, and that's been my go-to cocktail since. Her too, man. Her too. She's always crush, <laughs> crushing that shit up, but it never works out the way she wants it to. And I'm like, yeah, no help. Yeah. I'm no help. It's, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to do it at home. Like, maybe I'll watch a that's YouTube it. and figure it out. That's it, man. We can't do it at home. All right, so Darius, what <laughs> yeah. about like it's been a few days, but I got to get your thoughts on. Javon Wims going upside CJ GJ's oh, helmeted dome twice. I mean, dude, that was so wild. Have you ever seen anything like that? And what were you thinking watching that shit play out? No, I I I never seen anything. Not on the pro level. Um, just because number one, uh, fiscally, it's not it's not very fiscally responsible. <laughs> you know that punch is going to cost you a lot. Uh, you know, you see punches and fights in a locker room, a training cap and practice, but you know that's going to be broken up. Um, you know, you're probably over it by the end of practice. But I, I, I I've, I've never seen that happen like that. Uh, and and when I was on, uh, I was on Pat's show, and we were talking about it. He said it was like an 11 minute span between, I guess, the first interaction altercation and then him responding. So that's way too long of a time for him. He should have thought that through, man, because he's lost a lot of money. It's suspended for two games. I saw today. Um, you know, definitely, definitely got to make a better decision, money wise, and even as a team, man. That's a selfish. That's a selfish move. You know, you're gonna penalize your team, and especially that offense. That, that offense needs all the help it can get, so they can't take those. So uh, it, it was, it was all around a boneheaded move. I've never seen shit like that on the NFL level. 
Dude, it's so true, right? That offense, man. You cannot take any weapons off the field with that offense. And you, you, for those of us who don't know, you tell us. I mean, like, there's a right way and a wrong way to handle something like that. That was clearly the wrong way. What's yeah. the right way? How should he have handled that? Well, you know what? I, it, now there's some, some uh, you know, some things going back and forth. It's, that's how like, oh, he said he spit on him. And, like, if, if somebody spits on you and you react kind of in the heat of the moment, I would have gave. I would have given him a pass. If, right. You know. Okay. I can give you a pass in the heat of the moment. The fact that there was that that gap between that you thought it through, you went through your play, and then you reacted. Um, that's that's why I can't give you a pass. But I mean, you. I've seen it handled on the NFL level a, a variety of ways. I've seen Aaron Donald after a game take his pass off, put him on the bench, put his helmet back on. Which is, hey, any players listening to this, if you are going to get in a fight. You always put your helmet on. That's that's rule number one. Coaches will tell you that. Players, old players will tell you that. Put your helmet on and never grab your own teammate out of the pile. Uh, so those are two rules: winning the fight and the scrum on the football field. But uh, that's one way to handle it. After the game, we meet at midfield. We figure, or you know, some part of the field, we figure it out. And I've also heard of guys: Hey, meet me at the bus. I'll see you in the tunnel. Um, you know, I know where the visitors' locker room is. I know where the home locker room is, and you, and you hash it out that way. If it's gotten to that level, but most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time it's chirping back and forth. It's a physical game. A lot of testosterone going on. A lot of alpha males out there. So um, it happens, but it, it, it definitely can't happen like that. I was gonna say, but not like that. All right, Darius. What about yeah. you? you played? You played with the Patriots, so you kind of understand what goes on between those four walls. You know, I was really excited to see Cam Newton and how he would do there because he looked like he was in amazing shape. He had this enormous chip on his shoulder. He was putting in the time. He got off to a great start, and then he tests positive for COVID, and he hasn't been the same since. I mean, better this past Sunday, but I would say. Not not even the same as he was earlier this season. What do you think when you watch Cam play right now? Man, it's, it's like he's um, it's not the same Cam. You know, usually Cam is he's such a force out there. He's like a, almost like a, a LeBron James on the football field. Like you, you, you know, you see a lot of imposing athletes out there on the field, but as a DB or as a defender, see a quarterback of his stature and um, the things that he can do to affect the game. It's just different, and you're not seeing that. You're not even seeing like kind of I guess the the fun, upbeat, energetic cam that we're used to. And that, that affects teammates, that affects opponents. Um, and it, that's obviously not the case because you're not seeing the success on the field. Uh, before COVID, he was, he was looking like, I mean, he was on my MVP list. Like, I, I mean, as far as value, what he brought to that team, what he was doing that offense, you know, you were one player away from beating the Seahawks. Like, they were playing some good ball. And then that COVID came and it, it kind of just changed everything. Um, so, yeah, he's struggling right now, man. And obviously not having an offseason. Uh, with him and a coordinator. But, you know, you make no excuses. Everybody's kind of dealt the same hand. We're all dealing with some crazy shit in 2020. Uh, I'm still not counting them out yet just because I don't have that much faith in the, um, you know, even though the Bills are in the driver's seat right now by, I think, three and a half games, I still don't have that much faith in them or the Dolphins yet. Dolphins look very, very good right now, but I don't have faith in them yet. Not the same faith that I had in the Bill to figure it out. And Cam to kind of get hot and start playing, but um, yeah, they got it. They got it. They got to turn around and quick, you know, and quick. I think you just made a really interesting point when you said that it, that upbeat Cam, like that personality and that charisma and that it is so infectious. And then when it's gone, yeah. it affects not only his teammates but the opposition as well. Like how if he's not right and he's not. I mean, he's not pretending that he's not right, and people know he's not right. How does that affect the other fifty-two guys in that room? 
I mean, it, it definitely affects you. You can't, you can't, um, you can't minimize that. You can't fake it like you don't. I mean, that's that's your leader. Your quarterback is your leader. Um, you know, defensively, when you're out there, it's different. But you know, offensively, you know, you're in the huddle where I got like you, like you know your teammates. You know your guys. You know when they're feeling good. When they're you know feeling themselves. Win, lose, or draw. Hey, win this huddle. And you know, this is the same guy every day, regardless of what's going on. It's the same guy. And to not see, kind of seeing the joy not there, or at least I don't see it. Um, I don't know what they're seeing throughout the week, but I don't see it on Sundays. That definitely affects the whole, um, the whole. I guess the just the, the synergy within that huddle, and just okay, like this is our leader, so this is what level we're at. So he's got to get, he's got to get back to obviously not just playing better, but just kind of setting the tone with his energy because it is infectious, and it's a bunch of different ways to do it. Peyton had a certain way of doing it. Brady has a certain way of doing it. Uh, you know, uh, even Luck. Luck had a certain way of being that guy that would hit you with some little, you know, some dorky shit to get you back in. You know, Russell Wilson, you know, he's kind of, you know, corny with it, but he has his way. So Cam's way is just kind of with his swag, with his energy, and that permeates throughout the team in, in that locker room. So it definitely affects on the product that you see on the field. So I'm, I'm definitely hoping, um, you know, hoping to see Cam, you know, the Cam that we all know. I agree with you. Hey, listen, I mean this in the best way, but let me follow up what you just said, like Andrew Luck, and I mean this in the best way, like nothing but respect. Like what was some of the dorky shit that he would go with that would work? I mean, he was just, I mean, what you saw is, is what you got with Luck. A man. nerd. Yeah, he was, he was a nerd that, but he was also, you know, he played the game like he had the mentality of a damn, you know, middle linebacker yeah. he was out there playing. He was a warrior. You knew you were going to get, you know, all you had from him. Uh, you know, obviously, in the end, you know, he he, he had to call it quits. He felt like that was the best thing for him. And you never know what people are going through, you know, individually, mentally, physically, spiritually. You know, the game, you know, it, it can take a lot out of you and it can affect you in different ways. So, um, but but you knew when he when he, when he came between those lines, man, he he may be congratulating the other team or the other coach or the other whatever, but he was he was trying to he was trying to kill you, man. But every, the funny thing about luck is we used to have a lot of conversations like in practices, like if I would make a play or a receiver would make a play on him, or if I guarded Reggie Wayne a certain way, but I guarded T.Y. differently on the same route, he would want to know why. Like, what did I see? What did I see in the formation? You know, what made me know this or know that? So we were always kind of giving nuggets back and forth. And uh, that's, I, I love that about, you know, not only quarterbacks, but, you know, players. That's how you get better. That's how you make each other better. So uh, I love, love going to war with luck, man. So you just missed playing with Peyton Manning, but you know what the guy's about. You went up against him, and you know the stories within the organization. So if that's the way you connected with Andrew Luck, what do you think about Manning? What do you think he was like to be around? Like, you know, obviously being in the locker room, being in the same organization, you know, the same equipment guys, same training staff. So it's a lot of – you heard a lot of Peyton stories. And um, he seemed, I would say, similar but different from like a Brady. So Brady was – he was a guy that the offensive coaches didn't have to talk much when, when his offense was on the field and it moved seemingly ball barely touched the ground in practice. But he was all, he was one of the guys. You know, he could still be checked. He could still get chewed out in practice. I mean, and, you know, practice and films. Peyton, on the other hand, from the stories that I've heard, was, you know, same thing in practice, but he wasn't necessarily like one of the guys. You know what I mean? He yeah. was kind of like, hey, this is the sheriff. You know, he was calling some shots here and there on and off the field. You can tell, like, even with coaches, like, he was kind of over certain guys. So uh, it, it's a different dynamic. Everybody has a different way to lead. And, 
And the quarterback, honestly, you know, after yeah, I mean, he's one of the he's one of the most important people in that building. So you kind of want to cater things around his leadership style. And um, you know, it's, it's a thousand different ways it's going to catch. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake this time or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty. It's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes with you wherever you go. To the game, to the gym, to the beach, wherever. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. So Trapper, what's your beef? Now, when you look at Brady at 43, do you see slippage? Mm-hmm. Like, how much slippage do you see? How much has he lost? Um, you know, he, he's 43. He's still, he, he's, his mind hasn't slowed down. Um, obviously, physically, he's going to be different. But um, with the weapons that he has around him, I think, you know, you got to keep health, healthy weapons around him at this point. You saw it in in, uh, in New England last year. You know, didn't have the guys that were creating separation consistently. And um, you know, you got to get those windows got to be a little wider now. Um, you know, to make and safeties or, or D coordinators got to respect certain guys differently. So when I first heard AB going to Tampa, I'm like, damn, like they got you know they got a lot of guys over there. A lot of guys got to touch the ball when you watch them play. Without Chris Godwin in the lineup, like, they are a completely different offense So uh, as far as, like, an explosive level. So uh, A.B. is almost a necessity at this point. And, like, I mean, B.A. kind of said it. He said it's an insurance policy. But, I mean, <laughs> that he, he, he's, he's going to be needed. I think he'll come in big. And I think Brady made a brilliant move by <laughs> moving him in again and uh, kind of, you know, just keeping him close and keeping an eye on him. But I think that'll be a special connection going forward. But, uh yeah, Brady. Brady's a killer, man. Dude, is that what that is? I mean, that I don't know, dude. That whole thing about Brady saying, "Hey, man, that was a really serious move that AB had to make from Miami to Tampa, and he doesn't know anybody, man. And I'm a good dude, and I'm a good teammate. I mean, dude's a grown ass man and a millionaire and a Hall of Famer. Has he got to be under the same roof? Like, is he is he doing that to keep him in check? Like, why does he have to have him with the fam under the same roof? You know, I mean, I, I I don't know what the particular situation is. Maybe he got a guest house. Maybe he's got something. But I feel like, um, and I don't know that. I don't have any, you know, inside information on this. But yeah, I if you had like, to guess, you know, Brady probably went. I'm sure he went to bat for him. Like, hey, what this guy? I've been in constant communication with him. I mean, you know, everybody knows that he's in great shape. We know what he is on the field, but off the field be the only issue. So um, I don't know, you know, what the relationship like in New England. But, you know, it was some things that were already kind of in play that kind of ran him out of New England. So that never fractured that relationship with Brady and uh, and Brown. So I feel like Brady's just like, hey, if I'm going to have him here, if I vouch for you, you know, I got to do everything. Because Brady, Brady smells blood in the water right now. You look around the league and, and it's right for him to make a, a Super Bowl run on the NFC side. So if that's what he's got to do, if he's got to have A.B. In, in the house for the first, you know, month to get acclimated, the first two, three weeks or whatever it is, then <laughs> so be it, you know, it's, it's going to be a part of the TV 12 method. And, um, you know, like you said, AB's a grown man. He's got to take care and handle his own business. Um, hopefully he will, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to handle success than it is uh, failure. And we saw he, he let a lot of things, um, you know, get away. And, and I talked to AB and um, his, his message actually was like, Hey man, you know, call God, been through a fire. And now I'm about to see the light. So, um, you know, hopefully he's been humble and he comes back and, he, um, you know, he's the A.B. that we all saw 
before he left on the, you, on the field and, you know, a better guy off the field, more importantly. Darius, good point. I mean, do you think he is? Like, I, I've always said about athletes, like, we don't know. How would, we don't know any of these guys. We don't know you guys. Why, yeah. why would we? But do guys change? Like, do you th- – like, okay, Antonio Brown, for instance, seemed like one of the all-time great guys. He'd walk in a room, he'd have that million-watt, megawatt smile, and then all of a sudden, like, trouble, trouble, trouble. <laughs> did we not know yeah. him or did he change? And do you think that he is humbled? Um, you know what? I, I, would, I to be honest with you, somebody that um uh, is known that I don't I'm not like best friends with, but known them, know some people, you know, common people. Uh, you know, it is it was definitely a shift. And like I said, I AB's not the first person I've seen it with, but you know, once you get to a certain level of success, it it gets really it gets tougher to handle that, especially if um you know the 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 circle around you. You know, you, maybe you got yes men or you got people that are just not really putting you a check. Like, I think it's important to have people around you that's like, hey, I don't care if you're making, you know, $10 or $10 million or, or $20 million a year. Like, you got to have people around you to tell you, hey, that, tighten that shit up. Like, that's, Call that's you on your cool. shit, right? That's not this. Yeah, yeah, that's not this. Hey, that's not what got you here. Because he, he was a guy that got it. You know, he got it out of the mud. You know, late yeah. round draft pick from Central Michigan. Nobody knew he was. And then all of a sudden he gets paid before Mike Wallace. Everybody kind of puts an eyebrow up. And then he takes off and have one of the best runs ever. And then, you know, you see him fall off the mountain. Like you say, he walks in with a million-dollar smile, endorsements everywhere, covering Matt, and he's like, damn, this is who this guy is behind the scenes. So once that all comes to light and, you know, you kind of you see the same people on your way up that you see on the way down. And once you get to that bottom, it's like, all right, you know, what do I do from here? So, um, you know, rock, I've seen rock bottom change a lot of people, honestly, over the times, over the years. And he was a young guy, still is a young guy. I got a lot to learn. And um, hopefully, you know, Brady is one of those mentors that's like, hey, you know, I'm going to help see the right way. And, um, you know, other guys on the team as well. But at the end of the day, he's a grown man. Hopefully he learned from everything and uh, he, he does turn it around. You know, you just said he was one of those guys who got it out of the mud, which reminds me of, yeah. well, it was only last week. Edwin James came on the same podcast last week. Edge talks about uh-huh. getting it out of the mud in South Florida. <laughs> and, you know, he, yeah. he's Colts royalty, man. Dude, how cool is Edge? Hey, man, Edge is one of the realest dudes, man. Anytime I've met him, been around him, heard people talk about him, like he's one of the most, like, revered guys um, in the league, period, Uh, especially South Florida, you know, growing up as a South Florida kid, growing up as a a Hurricane fan, um, seeing him go to the league and and do it his way, you know, before, you know, you see dreads and, and, and goals and all type of stuff now. But Edge was one of those kind of first guys. It's almost kind of like how AI was in the NBA as far as like, okay, I, I can see as a kid from wherever, you know, you're from, you see somebody that's on TA looks like you, looks like your dad, looks like your brother, and doing, you know, doing things the right way. And also off the field, he's great with his money, great with his investments, always kind of putting people on game like, hey, man, it's not about, you know, spurging this or spurging that, man. Create the life you want to live. Like that's his, his – his his line and uh, that sticks with guys because it's one thing to hear it from people who haven't walked in your shoes, but if you see somebody that looks and, and, and sounds like you and that's doing it, uh, it, it, it hits completely different. So yeah, edges edges. He, he he's royalty, man. Like you said. Yeah, I love that you mentioned AI. Like, before I let you go, like when you look at AI and you look at a dude like that, that was so real, dude, and so fierce. And yeah. I mean, dude, it, it's six feet, maybe to dominate that league the way he did as one athlete looking at another. Like, what are your thoughts when you think back and you look at AI and the way he handled his business? Man, pound for pound, one of the greatest athletes 
ever, man. Like you said, he held it down. And not only was he, like, you know, serviceable, he was dominant. He was out there. He was, he was absolutely dominant. For him to even get a win against that three-peat Lakers team, was, that should be, like, on a, in a accomplishment somewhere. But, I mean, AI, he, even going back to high school, you know, hearing about his resume at high school as a football player. And, um, you know, you just hear – as professional athletes, people talk about different athletes. Like Rudy Gay, he's going to be on the uh, podcast later this week, one of his teammates. So you hear certain stories about guys. And he was one of those guys that, once again, you know, you see somebody who looks like you, sound like you, and he's six foot out there balling amongst, you know, towers. Uh, he, he was definitely another guy who I looked up to as a young kid, you know, another inspirational game changer, not only on the field, but, you know, for the, for the culture as a whole. Who else, dude? Like, who was transcendent guy either in football or out of football that when you were coming up and you were a kid that you looked up to? Oh, man, for me, it was Dion. It was uh, AI. I-, I saw Jordan, but I was, you know, young. I was still young. I-, I got an older brother that's six years older than me, so I was watching everything he was watching. But, you know, so seeing jo- Jordan, AI, and Dion were probably the th- Randy Moss, another guy. So all these guys were kind of like, okay, these were different dudes. Um, but, yeah, I would say Dion. AI and Jordan were kind of the guys that I looked up to and was like, okay, that when I touch the field, like I want to compete like these guys. I want to, you know, and Dion was more than just, he was an ultimate competitor between the lines, but he was kind of like a showman off the field. Like, and he was a DB, he was a D back guy who, you know, guys who typically aren't in the limelight, but he was prime time. And then he'd go and play a football game and then get on a private jet and it's go crazy. play a baseball. Like, that was, that's like stuff you dream about, man. So um, those, those three guys would definitely be, um, you know, the guys I looked up to, like, yeah, I, I want to do it like those guys. Hey, speaking of baseball, watching your show, you've been repping the Dodgers with that Dodger <laughs> lane. I like that, man. I like that. So is that about a guy or two on that team, or are you about that crew? Like, what's – You know what? I, I've been a Kershaw fan for a while, and I got into uh, baseball somewhat. You know, I've been a Marlins fan. I root for all the Florida teams. Um, but I, I, I kind of grew affinity to the Dodgers off a baseball game. I used to play MLB The Show a lot. Yeah. And um, I used to always play with the Dodgers. And, and Kershaw was my pitcher. And, um, you know, I, Gonzalez and all, all the guys. who do, I, I just like I like the franchise. I like them. Magic became, you know, part owner. So I've just been drawn uh, to that franchise. And then Mookie Betts. I'm a fan of Mookie Betts. Um, so to see them win uh, and to see them win when the same year the Lakers won it, see Kershaw kind of get that monkey off his back in the playoffs and the big stage. Uh, I was happy for him, but I'm, I guess you can kind of call me a bandwagon fan. I haven't worn a Dodgers cap in a minute. <laughs> Dude, I, you know, what I, I like you mentioning Gonzalez. Like, for instance, I got a buddy of mine in Beverly Hills named Mauricio, and Mauricio is tight with Gonzalez, and I saw my guy Mauricio in Mexico, and we went out on a boat, and Gonzalez was teaching me about tequila. Man, that's a good dude, Adrian Gonzalez. Have yeah. you met him? That's a really good dude. Yeah, he, he seems, I haven't met him. He seems like a solid dude, though, for sure. And uh, I, he was just one of those guys. You know, you just watch the game, and, you know, there's some players, certain players that's just like, yeah, I like, I like that guy. He's a cool guy. So uh, he's he definitely um, on, on that list of my favorite Dodgers players. I like that, dude. One last thought for you. Now, so it's been a few weeks. Now, Buda Baker, this is a player now. Now, I know you respect Ooh. this guy. Oh, yeah. DK Metcalf is a freak. Now, what do you think when you see, I mean, when you see this dude running the length of the field and Buddha can run a little now, and this guy looks yeah. like a fucking cyborg, his arms are pumping, he's swallowing enormous chunks of real estate, man. Like, I can't even believe this shit. And I saw it. And then all of a sudden you get these comparisons. I'm glad you hit on this on Twitter. All right. So you got Metcalf. He's a big physical athletic dude. So folks want to rush in and compare him to Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Metcalf is good. You tell me, is me- is he Megatron good? 
Look, he, he, he's an outstanding player in his own right. Very, very young. Uh, got a very, very good quarterback. Another good receiver on this. But DK Metcalf, I mean, he's he's much better already than I thought he would ever be in the NFL, honestly. Um, I thought he was just a big guy who can run straight line, and he would be a project to kind of become a, a solid, uh, you know, top-flight receiver. But to see what he's become in the second year is amazing. But when you're talking about a guy that, is most commonly referred to as a fictional uh, bad guy villain, and he's one of the nicest, you know, quiet guys on the field. That lets you know what he was. He was he was a different dude, man. And, and, and if you ask anybody who's played against him, who's been a DB, who had the game plan against him, he was just a different dude. He was on a different level as far as talent. Like I, I can't put anybody. Um, you know, you got Randy Moss, you got Megatron, and probably just talent wise, I would say. Like when OBJ came in the league, watching him play, he was one of those like, okay, he's he's an outlier when it comes to like physical freakish talent. But um, yeah, I, I say Randy and Megatron; those those guys are on another level when it comes to that. And then finally, so is no, Fitz? he's not. He's not even the same. <laughs> to answer that question, absolutely not. I wouldn't say he's in the same ballpark with a with a Megatron. He, but he's very very good though. Is Fitz is Fitz in that same category as Megatron? Fitz, Fitz. And- Fitz is a Fitz is a is a, te- is a technician. He's gonna kill right. you. Fitz is great. So it, you know, being great. So like Jerry Rice, great. But you know, if I'm putting, if you tell me which one is a physical freak between right. Rice and Moss, like well, Moss every day of the week. But if you look at a resume, you look at you know a body of work. You know, you go at Rice and uh, Fitz is kind of in that same. He's right. You know, I would say Rice, Fitz. You know, those guys were like Chris Carter. Those guys were like technicians and would kill you um, the right way, but they weren't like freak, blow you away athletes. Right. Craftsmen. They know their trade. Yeah, craftsmen. Reggie Wayne, like these, those guys, like they, they did it different. Dude, this stuff's so good. This is what you get on the Man to Man pod. This is what you get on the At Everything TV YouTube channel. Darius, I mean, seriously, I knew this would be good. I mean, I enjoyed that so much. That was so much fun. I appreciate you. Appreciate all Same the information. Here, Dude, that was so good. I mean, much respect. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate you for having me. I enjoyed it. If you have ever stopped at a railway crossing and the signals are flashing and you do not see the train or it appears that it's moving slowly and you're thinking about maybe you can get across the tracks before the train does, think about this instead. Even if the engineer sees you and applies emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over one mile to stop. Yes, I said that. Over one mile to stop. By that time, it's too late. The resulting crash will be deadly. Stop because trains can't. When a train hits a vehicle at a railway crossing, the results are often deadly. Be cautious at crossings, and if the signals are going, do not be tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Even if you don't see a train, stop. Trains can't. Enormous thanks to Darius Butler for swinging through and crushing it. Man, I'm so happy about that. Make sure to check out his man-to-man podcast and everything DB show on YouTube. Time extremely well spent. He is crushing it. Speaking of time well spent, no better way to spend a few seconds than getting subscribed right here, right now to this podcast if you have not done so already. Every Wednesday, I've got brand new episodes with A-list guests and brilliant storytellers. Make sure you're dialed in. It's totally free, totally easy, totally quick. Get it done right now. Episode 151 is coming your way in seven days. But until then, here are your coveted voicemails. 
First new message. Hey, Jim. This is Johnny from Oaktown via Morongo Valley. Calling my shot. My Raiders will take out Faker Mayfield and your so-called American team on Sunday. Book it. Message saved. Next message. Jim, this is Mark. Just want to say thanks for having Doc Emmerich on. That dude is awesome. And uh, 50 years, man. What a run. Thanks, Jim. Cheers. Message saved. Next message. Rummy. What's up? It's Dr. Dave. Screw Justin in Melbourne. His voicemail sucks. Anyways, great take about Michael Bay. His movies suck ass. It's shocking that the city of Abu Dhabi would use him to direct a commercial for tourism for them and call him one of the world's best directors. What a bunch of bullshit. Later. Message saved. Next message. Romy, Justin in Melbourne. We did it. We did it. 150 episodes in three years. Congratulations, man. I've been there since day one when you and Aaron Rodgers mixed it up. And now I know how you feel in Space Jams, man. You made it happen. I made this podcast happen with you. The only difference is you go to the mailbox every once in a while and get that residual. I go to the mailbox and I feel like Charlie Brown. Message saved. Next message. Romy is JJ from Kansas City. Did our part. Kept the Jets winless. You're welcome. Message deleted. Next message. Van Smack. Happy Halloween. Mark from Parts Unknown. So far, the best costume I've seen this year was when Michigan dressed up as a contender. Thanks. Bye. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Rome. It's Rome in Houston here. I'm watching the Monday night football game. Oh, I'm sorry. The Sunday night football game. And I got to say, the only way you can make me watch this game anymore is to pay me. And you got to pay me in Johnny Walker or tequila or Coors Light because that's how we roll out here in Texas. Message deleted. Next message. Rome, my girlfriend's dog bit me on the thumb last night. I was wondering if you know any good rat poison salesman. I gotta go. Message deleted. Next message. Jim Rome, uh, Matthew in, uh, well, I used to be in Mississippi, but now I'm in Indiana. I'm falling my way up to the top, man. Hey, I just wanted to say, I uh, loved your talk with Buzz Williams. It was great. Uh love stories about guys who grind their way and claw their way to the top, right? I mean, not everybody is gifted and uh, blessed, but some people just uh, achieve through hard work. That's wonderful. Also wanted to say that your story about the buses, that had me about pee my pants, man. That is too funny. I hope you're not too traumatized by it. Take care of yourself. Out. Message saved. You have no more messages. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.